Good evening. Uh, I hope you're well and safe and getting used to the radical changes that being in lockdown has brought to all of us. This time last Monday, the Prime Minister just announced a three-week lockdown and that news was still sinking in. Now it seems to be the new normal. We're still in the early stages of the pandemic, so there's a long way to go. The number of confirmed cases is over 1,400 and that number's rising every day. And as both the Prime Minister and UK Health Secretary are currently self-isolating, it's clear that no one is immune. While the Prime Minister self-isolates in his flat above number 11 Downing Street, the man who will take over if his illness gets worse stood in for him at today's press conference. Coronavirus hasn't just challenged us at home, it is the greatest global challenge in a generation. Cabinet meetings in Downing Street have been replaced by a video link to make sure ministers don't pass the virus amongst each other. Ministers like the Welsh Secretary, Simon Hart. I haven't been tested, um, I haven't shown symptoms, I haven't been in the same room as the uh, PM uh, or Matthew since the last time the Cabinet met in person, which was getting on for 10 days for a fortnight ago now, I think. The last Cabinet, obviously, we met in on, on online, thank goodness. So, uh, uh, but, you know, we, it, it just shows that we have to be really diligent. Meanwhile, the First Minister set out more details of the £1 billion that has been freed up by cutting from elsewhere in the budget. Nearly half of it will be spent on extra support for businesses and charities, adding to the schemes already announced. At the weekend, the Health Secretary warned us that this will get worse before it gets better. Now, there are really difficult days ahead for our health and social care system here in Wales. So all of the work we're doing now, it's hugely important to be ready for that demand to help us to save as many lives as possible. And that's why the public need to follow the guidance, to follow the rules on how we go outside, how we go about our lives. And this isn't about trying to restrict people's ability to walk around because they can do it. It's because we have to do it to save the lives of everyone within the country. Assembly members aren't in Cardiff Bay, but they will try to meet this week via video conferencing. Another unusual step, but then unusual is the new normal. Certainly true. And joining me uh, at a safe distance now is the First Minister, Mark Drakeford. You're very welcome. Uh, you. How are you? Are you well? Uh, I'm well, thank you. Lucky to be well and uh, feeling fit for everything we face. It's strange even to sort of consider asking you that as my first question in the interview, but that's the sort of uh, world we're in now. Um, have you been tested for coronavirus? Haven't needed to be tested so far. Don't fall within one of the groups that require testing. Of course, if that changed, then that would change too. What is the plan if you fall ill? Um, fingers crossed you won't, but is there, a, is there a contingency plan? Yes, there is a contingency plan for all Cabinet members in the Welsh Government. We drew up a rotor some couple of weeks ago now that said if any one of us is unable to act, who would act in their place? That's true uh, for me. Uh, but it's true for everybody in our cabinet. Uh, and um, uh, that, that's all good to hear. But it's sad news, really, or difficult news that, that, that I want to uh, get your thoughts on that. Uh, somebody you worked a lot with, I imagine, which is the former Lib Dem AM, William Powell. He's very ill. Um, I wanted to give you a chance to pass on your best, which is really... Uh, well, it is deeply concerning to hear that. I, I've worked actually very closely with Bill over the last couple of years uh, because he's been a very prominent member of our European advisory group, speaking up on behalf of the Welsh countryside particularly as we've left the European Union. My thoughts, I've been thinking a lot about him 
over the last couple of days and thoughts are very much with him and of course with his family. And from social media it seems a lot of people uh, are doing the same. Um, this is a big question, another strange one. How do you think Wales is coping? Well, I think Wales is demonstrating that we are a genuinely resilient country. These are really demanding times. We're asking an awful lot of people. But as ever in Wales, you see that enormous sort of groundswell of people thinking not just how can I get through this, but what can I do to help other people too? And I think that's a genuine characteristic of Wales and we're seeing it very prominently. And you're seeing uh, a lot of people wanting to volunteer. There was some confusion when the UK government announced its scheme for England. Do you, do you think you handled that uh, correctly? Do you think you should have perhaps announced a similar scheme at the same time? Well, it was confusing that the UK government originally announced the English scheme as a UK scheme. It never was. We have our own systems already in place here in Wales through the Wales Council for Voluntary Action. Go to their website if you want to volunteer. You can register very easily and they are putting people in touch with local authorities particularly to match people up with jobs that need to be done. And we've got such a tradition of doing these things in Wales that we had the infrastructure already there. It was a shame that people were confused by what was said elsewhere, but they needn't be confused anymore. Just go to the WCVA and you'll find your way into the system easily. Today you've been announcing this um, £1.1 billion pounds that, you, that you've freed up, um, uh, being widely welcomed, uh, I, I should say. Um, what's being cut uh, in order to, because you've had to free it up from existing funds, haven't you? Well, just to give you a couple of examples, in our International uh, Relations Department, we had planned to work with businesses over this year to send trade missions abroad to make sure that in the Brexit context our businesses were able to find new markets elsewhere. Well, none of that is going to be happened, happening. The budgets that were set aside for that have been put into that pot. We're repurposing a lot of European uh, money that we would have used in Wales. We can use it for coronavirus have, purposes. Have you had to so, that, so that's things that are not happening because of coronavirus as well. So really, it, it makes perfect sense. Have you had to cut anything that, that uh, you know, a project that you, you, you were sorry to see cut? Well, there are lots of things we're not going to be able to get on with that we are sorry to see uh, paused, and some of those do release a bit of money. Uh, we've had the first round of Cabinet discussions with people bringing money uh, to put in that central pot. I said to my Cabinet colleagues this afternoon when we met, there'll be further rounds of this, I'm afraid, uh, as coronavirus gets more serious. Uh, you've, uh, I'd like to turn to testing. You've been very clear that the advice you've been following is that mass community testing wasn't necessarily the way forward. You will know as well that there are other countries that have uh, followed mass testing. Germany, for instance, um, has, hasn't seen the same number of deaths and cases falling. Do you still think it's the right advice? Well. I have to follow the advice and in a way it's not whether I think it's the right advice or not, it's whether the Chief Medical Officer thinks it's the right advice and whether it's the Scientific Advisory Committee think it's the right advice. All you can do uh, as a politician or a First Minister is to follow the very best advice you, you've got and we follow that advice every day, we talk absolutely regularly with those who are in that position, they tell us that this is the best way to run a testing regime in Wales, and while that's their advice, that's what we will do. How big a setback was it for you to lose that deal um, that would have brought in a, a large number of tests? Well, disappointing uh, that an arrangement which we had on paper and had agreed was pulled 
away from by the partner who was going to work with us. Why did that happen? Was it because you didn't nail it down as a government? Or, or, or you know, there are rumours that you were outbid by another part of... Uh, well, we thought it was nailed down. As I say, it wasn't just a verbal agreement. It was a written document that we'd shared and both uh, signed up to. So it was disappointing. But the important thing to say is that we can make good for the test that we are not getting that way by being part of a consortium of suppliers. Uh, it will take a short while longer than we had hoped, but we're talking days rather than weeks. Uh, were you outbid by another part of the UK? Uh, I don't think that's the way things are operating. I'm very keen indeed that we work collectively and collaboratively across the United Kingdom. And the consortium that we're now going to get tests from is a consortium that's shared across uh, the government. Uh, you promised last Tuesday that there'd be guidance for the construction industry within 36 hours, you said then. It still hasn't come. Um, why is that? Why the well, there is, there is guidance for uh, the construction industry. Uh, the, the question is this. How can you distinguish in regulations between those forms of construction that you don't think should continue sure. and those very important things that we do want to see happen. Sure, I get that. I, I, I mean, you will have read the same reports that I did, that uh, you were overruled. You, Nicola Sturgeon, the leaders of Northern Ireland, were overruled by the Prime Minister because you wanted to close construction sites. Is that true? Well, we, we both, all three other governments did argue for a stronger approach to construction. Uh, here in Wales, the advice is clear. Construction sites must operate safely. If you're not able to operate safely, if you can't guarantee that people can maintain a social distance, for example, you should not continue. And many construction sites in Wales have closed. But where, for example, we have work going on to repair houses that were flooded, to repair defences against future flooding, we wouldn't want to see that stop does, does it worry you then that you were, well, I'm using the term overruled, but does that worry you in, in terms of intergovernmental relations during this crisis? No, look, when you're involved in four-way discussions, you can't expect that everybody will approach everything identically. We have separate powers, as they do in Scotland, to take our own path on a whole series of things. We've already demonstrated we will do that when we think it is in Welsh interests. But I go into that room always looking for as much agreement as possible. Thank you very much for answering questions. Um, uh, Mark Drakeford, First Minister, stay healthy uh, and good luck. Uh, thank thank you. you very much. This is, of course, a global pandemic. We need only to look at other European countries to see the path that coronavirus might take here. Spain has recorded over 7,000 deaths and almost 15,000 of the country's 85,000 cases are healthcare workers. Hotels used to housing tourists are being converted into makeshift hospitals. Owen Phillips has been talking to a Spanish journalist living just outside Valencia. The streets of Barcelona, Madrid and other Spanish destinations are usually awash with people. But coronavirus has brought all that to a stop. I spoke with Dorothy Fisher, a freelance journalist who lives just outside Valencia, and she says the authorities have been firm. Uh, the government has been very strict here. I mean, we the military is in place, the military is helping the police, um, and people are stopped, being stopped, you know, and they actually there's a lot of uh, fines from, I think, between 600 euro and 600,000 euro, and some people are even put into prison. So this is being taken very seriously. And um, so I think people are scared. Like for the kids, it's very difficult these days. And this is a discussion that is going on among like our friends and parents. 
um, it seems that the government of Spain has forgotten about the kids. This is like a big challenge for many of us. We are lucky, have, like my family is lucky we have the garden, but many people don't even have a balcony. Spain is now the hot spot for the pandemic, with more than 7,000 deaths, and the military have been called in to help. Have there been concerns about the ability of the health service to cope? Yes, I mean, obviously it depends a little bit where you are. There's, I mean, there's a situation in certain areas like Madrid and Barcelona, where there's most of the infected people are, are actually situated there. And what I've read so far is that even 14% of infected people in Spain are people working in the health service. And that's a big concern, obviously. And I know personally, no, even one family, the whole family has been infected because the mother is a nurse. So there's a problem there. We don't have enough material to protect ourselves. And what about the economics of this? Can you see, though, a scenario where some businesses in Spain that have closed down simply won't reopen? Ah, of course. I mean, also, you have to remember, we've had this situation 10 years ago. Spain suffered a lot of the last economic crisis. And, um, I mean, everything that has to do with tourism, uh, restaurants, gastronomy, I mean, this is, uh, these are strong uh, sectors in, um, in Spain. Let's see how long they can survive. It depends how long the lockdown will last, but I can already see, I mean, even places like Ibiza, they, I mean, the whole island lives of tourism. If they cannot open this summer, this will have a huge impact on many people. And finally, um, how long are you looking in Spain, do you think now, to be in this scenario before things improve? The official, well, there are several scenarios, as I said before. I mean, um, for the moment, we're planning until the Easter holidays. This is the official answer. I mean, the schools are closed until after Easter. Um, in the project that I'm working on, I'm working on international projects. We have like the best case scenarios, like let's say we, we go back to normal in June, but I don't see it yet. I think we're rather looking into September, but this is like poor speculation um, and it, it, it keeps changing every day. But basically, my, my personal feeling is before September, this will not be back to normal. Dorothy, yeah. thank you very much. Stay safe. Thanks for joining us. Now, just six weeks ago, Valley's communities were starting the cleanup after the devastation of Storm Dennis. Many of those forced to leave their homes are now having to put their lives, their plans and lives on hold again due to the spread of coronavirus. These are difficult times for people across the world. But one Welsh MP is trying to bring a little bit of joy to his constituents through social media. Chris Bryant is persuading people, including some well-known faces, to record themselves reading a poem, and he's posting one online every evening. If you haven't seen them, you're in for a treat. Here's just a few. This is Matt Lucas here. MP Chris Bryant has asked me to recite a poem, and who am I to defy the orders of an MP? So here we go. This is This Be The Verse by Philip Larkin. And by the way, just sorry, you might have noticed there's a sort of slight moustache thing going on. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to grow a moustache. I've never had a moustache before. Um, so uh, we'll see if it grows or not. It probably won't grow. Anyway, this is This Be The Verse by Philip Lark. If you've got, by the way, if you've got any kids, send them out the room because it's a bit rude. The Chinese have their noodles. The French have got their snails. But nothing fills my belly like cowl from old South Wales. A cut from ma'am, a pint of brains. The twilight's on its way. Give me a Welsh cake from the pan. It's supper time, Ferndale. 
So as the day waves goodbye and the moon comes out to honour, it makes me proud to know I'm Welsh and say, good evening, Rhonda. Good evening, Rhonda. Here's something to mark the closure of the theatres and how we all have to use our own imaginations now. Oh, for a muse of fire that would ascend the brightest heaven of invention, a kingdom for a stage, princes to act, and monarchs to behold the swelling scene. Then should the warlike Harry, like himself, assume the port of Mars, and at his heels, leashed in like hounds, should famine, sword and fire crouch for employment. But pardon, gentles all, the flat unraised spirits that hath dared on this unworthy scaffold to bring forth so great an object. Can this cockpit hold the vasty fields of France? Or may we cram within this wooden O the very casks that did affright the air at Agincourt? On your imaginary forces work. Good evening, Rhonda. I have a poem for you. It's Sonnet 116 by William Shakespeare. Let me not to the marriage of true minds admit impediments. Love is not love, which alters when it alteration finds, or bends with a remover to remove. And if, if you thought it was too rude, blame Chris Bryan. Chris Bryan MP made me be rude. Some things I never thought uh, that we'd be broadcasting on Sharp End. Um, Chris Bryant joins me via Skype now. Um, it's a it's a brilliant idea, Chris Bryant. Where did it come from? Um, I don't know really. We um, I like poetry. I like um, reading, um, and I just thought if I'm going to be stuck indoors, um, you know, locked down for months, then it would be just good to do something that would lighten people's. Um, load a bit. I've, incidentally, I don't know Fred from um, from um, first dates. That's thanks to Kay Burley, who was uh, <laughs> on as well. We've had Nat Parker, the um, Inspector Lindley, um, and Henry VIII. Of course, he's played as well. We've got um, we've got loads more lined up as well, um, including the Director of Public Prosecutions, uh, who bizarrely I married many years ago. Uh, Tony Robinson's tonight. Hazel Dean's done one. Um, Jessica Rain uh, from uh, Call the Midwife, uh, Tom Goodman Hill from Mr. Selfridge. I mean, loads. It's uh, and I and I, I one of one of my tasks, I think, is going to have to be to try and explain to people how to say uh, "Good evening, Ronda," <laughs> because it's I not was, a Ronda. I was going to come on to that. Yes, there's a fair few interesting pronunciations, but they. Uh, I'm interested. You said that you didn't know uh, Fred, though, because I thought they were all your celebrity friends. No, no, no. I've just approached people sometimes kind of quite randomly. I've never met Matt Lucas before, um, and um, but I approached him on on Twitter and uh, he, he came up with the goods really, really fast. Um, Harriet Thorpe, I do know. She's coming up in a couple of days time from AbFab. Um, and, and of course, you've done one as well. Um, yeah, so when you've run out of real celebrities. No, no, we're saving you for next week. And well, and also what was really lovely last week, we had Saffron Williams um, from uh, from Pentra uh, and uh, who's, uh, ooh, how old Saffron now? Um, 11, I think. Um, so it was a real, it was a delight to have her as well. And we've got somebody from the Ronda Sea Cadets um, is going to do one later on this week. And I, and I want to kind of mix it up a little bit mm. so that it's not just all uh, celebs. Um, 
yeah, so that's the plan. Um, the serious point is, that, as we were saying in the introduction, that Rhonda's had a rotten time of it, um, what with floods and then this. Um, and I suppose, it, it, that, that is, is that the motivation behind it, just to sort of cheer everyone up a bit, really? Yes, I mean, when I send a, um, a, a direct message on Twitter asking somebody to do it, it basically says this is all part of trying to cheer up um, Great Britain. Not just the Rhonda, but Great Britain, but also, I guess, you know, publicising the Rhonda. Um, and, uh, you know, what was amazing following the floods, which were utterly miserable, about must have been nearly a quarter of all the houses that were flooded in the whole of the UK in that period were in the Rhonda. Um, and a lot of people had no insurance and lost pretty much everything. So it's been amazing that we've managed to raise uh, so much money. The, a first tranche of money has gone to every home. Um, we, we're writing another set of checks tomorrow. Uh, so every home will have had something. And, um, and, and in part, I think that's because the, the Rhonda has such a, an iconic name, not only in Wales, but across the whole of, uh, of the UK, that it's been easier to raise money than perhaps others would have found elsewhere. Uh, before I ask you um, uh, more serious questions, have you, I should ask you, have you done one yourself? And if not, why don't you do one now? Well, yeah, I, d I did four. Um, and my team rejected them all. Um, <laughs> but uh, I would have done... Uh, uh, now entertain conjecture of a time when creeping murmur and the pouring dark fills the wide vessels of the universe. From camp to camp through the foul womb of night, the hum of either army stilly sounds that the fixed sentinels almost receive the secret whispers of each other's watch. Fire answers fire, and through their paley fame, each battle sees the other's umbered face. Steed threatens steed in high and boastful neighs, piercing the night's dull ear. And from the tents, the armourers, accomplishing their nights with busy hammers closing rivets up, give dreadful note of preparation. The country croc clocks do toll and cocks do t crow and the third hour of drowsy morn give name. Pretty impressive. Henry V. Pretty impressive. Um, uh, yeah, so I've, I've got Not to squeeze... Not as good as Samuel West. No, no, he, he, he's still the, the, the standard, isn't he? Uh, just a quick word uh, on the serious point, uh, which I wanted to get... Uh, to you, uh, get get to talk to you about, which is that you did have some. I mean, you're in lockdown now. Parliament is in in early recess. Um, how much uh, are you concerned about that recess being called early I, at this I difficult am, time? I am concerned. I, I am concerned. If I'm honest, I think that the government should be inviting some people from the Labour opposition into the cabinet at this stage for the simple reason that they don't. I, I don't mean this as a personal criticism of them. It's just that they don't understand some of the communities that we represent. And so the number of people I know who, who've, who've rung me up in absolute tears because they're going to have to claim okay. benefits for the first time ever in their life. They've always stood on their own two feet. OK. And, and, and they're falling between all the different schemes. So uh, I want Parliament back. So I'm going to have to interrupt to you. Job. I'm going to have to interrupt you on the serious point. I didn't interrupt you on the Shakespeare. I think that's very telling. Chris Bryan, thank you very much. Thanks for arranging Good Evening Ronda too. Um, and that's it for this week. Um, thank you for joining us. Good night. Stay home. Stay well and stay safe.